Hello, everyone. I hope our listeners having healthy and nice summer. My name is Michelle Kang, and I'm the host of the Georgia Asian Times Korean podcast. We invite a guest from our community who has ex- expertise, knowledge, and experience that we want to hear f- about. And we also invite people who has worked very hard for the betterment of our community. If you want to subscribe for the podcast, please send me your first name, last name, phone number, and email address to georgiacoreanpodcast at gmail.com. We'd like to invite Qingxia from Yanjing Chinese Restaurant, who just closed down her business yesterday, June 30th. Welcome, Ching, to the Georgia Asian Times Korean podcast. How are you doing? I am doing well. Thank you for having me here today. Sure. Thank you very much for making time out of your busy schedule. Yesterday, June 30th, was the last day of the Yanjing Chinese restaurant. Please introduce yourself and tell us about Yanjing restaurant and your father's legacy. Well, hello again. Um, my name is Ching Xia. My parents owned Yanjing Chinese restaurant on Beaver Highway. My family immigrated to the United States in 1988 from South Korea. We are what you call a Hwakyo or Hanko Hwakyo in Chinese, which means um, we are a Korean-born Chinese. So my parents um, left everything behind to start new here. Just like the other immigrants, they wanted to provide a better life for the children. Um, before my dad and mom opened Yanjing in 1991, I remember that um, the first three years of coming to the United States was the hardest. It worked very hard every day. They worked more than 12 hours a day, six days a week, so that they can save up to open Yanjing, which also made me feel like they missed part of my childhood because they were always so busy working. It was until one summer I had to go to work with them. I sat quietly at the kitchen watching my parents running around, prepping, cutting, and cooking. And I saw them standing in front of that hot fire flame, holding the heavy wok with oil splattering into my dad's arm. He didn't even care. Like, that hot burning oil was like nothing but a water drop on him. That was when I kind of realized why my dad had so many burns, scars on his arms. And also, that was when made me realize the sacrifices that my parents made for us. So when Yenji was first open, we were super packed every day because AJC newspaper gave our restaurant three speeches. And back then, no Chinese restaurant in Atlanta had ever received three speeches. We were the first and only one. So, at the same time, at the end of the opening, my dad was the head chef. He was the head chef until he passed away. So, he was the head chef, and my mom was responsible for making dumplings and steamed buns. I remember my dad's model. He kept telling us all the time that was, he said in his voice, as soon as you walk in that door, I will make sure you don't leave hungry. So 
this is also the reason why our portion is huge and affordable. He also insists that everything has to be made, handmade, made to order, even from kimchi to noodles and dumplings that we make at the restaurant. Even when we were super busy this past week, all the food was prepared freshly because of his belief. My dad, he never, he didn't believe in advertisements. He said, cook with your heart, then people will come automatically. And the best advertising is by people's word of mouth. Unfortunately, he passed away four years ago, this month, and was not able to see and think close his final chapter yesterday. But I know that uh, he would have been very proud of us. Thank you very much for sharing your story and your father's legacy. And I'm so sorry, it's more likely the immigrant family in to adjust their lives to the to the U.S. and working very hard. And then I'm very proud of your family and your father achieving the best Chinese restaurant in the area. And then your restaurant been loved so much. And then everybody's so sorry to hear that your restaurant is, you know, is just getting out of business. Uh, we, we're not going to see you like for a while until your brother John uh, opening a small version of Yanjing in the near future. Yeah, so we're super excited about that, you know. So because my brother, he took um, my dad um, passed um, his um, cooking techniques, everything to my brother. And he's like the um, receiver of this Yanjing. So, you know, we're really looking forward to him opening a, <laughs> I call mini Yanjing in the future. Sure. We, we'd love that. <clears throat> and we don't want to go to another, uh, the smaller Yanjing. And then we feel kind of relieved, relieved, <laughs> and then having another one in the near future. So we're not that, you know, sorry we're sad. <laughs> So, Aww. yeah, yeah, sure, because, you know, you're f- the friends and then all your big fans and old customers went to your restaurant and then making a, and taking a last picture in front of the your restaurant and posted it on the yeah. Facebook. And then I think it was a very beautiful thing that community members can do together. Oh, yeah. It was lovely. So your father opened the business June 1991. And after three years, the hard working uh, since 1998, and, and they came from uh, South Korea to Atlanta directly, right? Yes, that's correct, in uh, 1988, yes. Right. So 31 years of all these reputations and the great food is our your restaurant was our favorite Chinese restaurant in the area so I remember my children wanted to go to Yanjing directly from the Atlanta airport even after staying in Korea for summer to eat jajang, jampong, tangsuk and mandu yeah, it was great memory like every fan of, uh, of Yanjing, our family and my children have many memories. I, I think I should have taken pictures of them eating jajang jampong every year to see how much they, they have grown. I think 
think you have the same story because you see the children growing up and being a all grown up adults and bring their children to your restaurant. Oh yeah, um, I think it's the memories that we have um, at Yanjing for the 31 years. I think people were uh, they've been coming since they were little and they go to college and they get married and also then they have their children and the children also have their children and bring their children to our restaurant and it's like we have um, a few customers that's like three generations that's been coming to our restaurant and it's seeing them it's like seeing families it, I feel like part of me like grew up with them together at the same time as they grew, uh, grew up with us so it makes it very personal and you know the feeling is very warm. I know. It's intergenerational customer. So I often go with my parents and, you know, me and my children go there and they're having food like a jajang jampong. It was a good memory. And we, we really enjoyed the time there. <laughs> Thank you so much. Uh, sure. So the, over the last 31 years, Yanjing has been the community meeting spot and venue for the AAPI community events. And tell us about the meetings and events that were held at Yanjing. And I heard there's uh, so many important meetings at Yanjing before. Oh, yes. There was like, there were so many that uh, I don't know where to um, start. But um, so we had like many community organizations like Chinese Senior Association, which they have, um, they held their monthly meetings every year for the past, you don't know how many years. And we did pool exiting trainings that um, there were people, a group of people from D.C. that came down to do training for the pool exiting, make sure that everybody had a um, fair chance of um, the equal rights to vote, that there was no discrimination against them while they were um, voting because of their, either because they were minority or because they didn't speak the language. And also, like, we had many community roundtable discussions there, uh, voter registration trainings. And also, I remember one of the events that which um, I um, hosted was the first Asian Peace Officers of Georgia, AAPI Heritage Month celebration. We had it there where um, we had chief of um, Georgia police team, and we had uh, Commissioner, Insurance Commissioner Mark Butler all showed up. And also, um, we had Civic Empowerment Coalition launch there. And there were so many, many more that... Um, it made it like Yanjing was like the main uh, location for uh, people, for the local community organizations to held events there. And CPAC and ALAC, which is now Eventing Justice, they were located right above our restaurant too, which also made Yanjing a center point for the community uh, gatherings. So it was such an honor to be part of all the um, events and meetings. Sure. Yeah. It's like a hot spot in the area. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. For lunch and meetings and gala and events and everything. I love you it. You know, everything is best when, you know, accompanied by, you know, delicious food. You know? Yeah. Food make us gather together. Exactly. Yes. It's great. So you have been a longtime volunteer for the Chinese community and have done a lot of work. Please share your volunteer work and how you think about AAPI and the immigrant community in the area. Well, um, 
So I, uh, first of all, I am the assistant principal of Chinese Culture School, and I am also the vice president of the Chinese Community Federation of Atlanta, which is called CCFA, where we encourage the community to register to vote, exercise their rights as the citizen of the United States, and we collaborate with census to encourage, you know, the community to complete their census, and you were part of that too, so... And it was helped, yes yeah that was a good time and we helped you know biotech to low-income families to provide post health seminars and assist with like affordable care when it first came out and also like collaborate with medicaid medicare services to answer any you know questions that the community might have and we also did um, oh we also collaborate with the salvation hate movement mm. And of course, working very closely with CPAC, you know, these are just some of the examples of few of the volunteer work that I did. And everything that all the volunteer work that I did, I feel like it um, made me appreciate who I am, my identity more too, that I am able to use whatever I can, um, my ability to help the community and grow. So that makes the feeling is very priceless and because all immigrants are hard workers you know the older generation my parents generation they came to the united states they work hard so that the, their next generation can have a better opportunity better than on um, what they had so but at the same time because of this i feel that they also neglected on taking care of themselves but um, I think that Atlanta has a strong immigrant community that comes together and provides a big contribute to the growth of Atlanta. So, you know, Atlanta has this large com uh, immigrant community and we're contributing and we're helping Atlanta to grow to where it is right now, you know, to, you know, to make it better toward the future. Sure, I I agree with you like a thousand percent. So all Asians, there's a you know more than fifty uh, ethnicity over the Asian A A A P I community. So I think that there is a commonality. You know, the older generation, our parent generation, working very hard for the prosperity and education for their children, and then we are the benefit you know beneficiary of the their work you know hard work. Exactly. And I feel that they work so hard all the time and they never really enjoyed life, you know, quality of life. And that's how I feel with my, about my father and my, my mom, you know. I feel like my dad, you know, he worked so hard all his life just so that we, the children, can have a um, really, um, like, good opportunity and better future. Sure. So, how was your experience during the pandemic, though? Oh, pandemic. Mm. So, well, my pandemic experience was like a roller coaster. I feel, I feel I went through all the emotions that it, there was, like from I was scared, to confused, to stressed, to anger, to happy, to determined, and to love. You know, when I say that is because um, pandemic was, you know, obviously was hard on everyone. It was the first time we had to deal with COVID. There were a lot of things we didn't know about COVID back then. And with society also at the time divided into some people thinking 
COVID was just a hope that, but at the same time, the death tolls were like rising. You know, also there were people trying to find a scapegoat to blame COVID on. It was a really struggle back, uh, and then especially when there were ignorant people who were really hostile toward us, because when we asked them to wear masks coming into the restaurant, they were like, why do I have to wear masks? You know, you guys were the one that brought this COVID over. Mm. And it just did not make our job easy. And then, um, of course, we also had like racist people making remarks, shooting at us, saying that we have that we we have COVID or blaming us for the reason that COVID is in the United States. Asking, you know, do you guys sell that uh, food? You know, telling us to go go back to your country. And all these harassments didn't really help with the business. Especially, we have to deal with more than like we had like more than fifty percent of the sale drop. So at that moment, it was really stressful and, you know, also made me really angry too. But at the same time, it made me kind of, uh, you know, also realize that advocacy, the importance of advocacy, speak up, you know. And so also that um, from the, all this bad, there was good things that did turn out from the pandemic, which I believe is the community. The community being, um, you need, uh, like, being together. So the amount of support that Yanjin received for the community was extremely um, priceless. People from left to right, they supported us, encouraged us to stay strong. And we had customers who ordered takeouts almost every day so that they said, we want to make sure that you guys stay open and get through this COVID. And we are so grateful for all this and from all the bad you know, things from the pandemic good thing that you know kind of like shines over all the bad things so make me really appreciate of people's support yeah i'm also grateful that you getting through got through all those hardships and then you you survived your restaurant survived <laughs> yes and then being loved you know by local people or even people from other states came to your restaurant yanjing to yeah. have jajangmyeon jjampong is is it's just such a good place you know for everybody so during the pandemic uh how how was the relationship between the uh the business community and the government like the city of durable city of durable or the dk county or police department were they supportive well, I don't know about the Cap County, <laughs> mm. but um, City of Doorville, definitely uh, led by uh, Mayor Chairman, he was very supportive of the small businesses. Uh, Mayor actually like reached out to me personally when uh, when when it was uh, ordered for the um, I guess all the businesses to close the dining room. He actually uh, reached out, say, "Hey, Kim." How are you doing? You know, like how is this affecting your business? You know, what do you think about it? So, um, it was very warming because it makes you feel that the city has your back, and this is something that the previous mayors or you know they never did for us. Like they never came reach out directly to us to each business and asking you know if there's anything that they can do for us or things like that. So. Just from this point, I feel like, you know, I have to give, you know, kudos points to the city of Dorville for doing a great job for the mayor. And also, um, I do want to uh, give a shout out to Libby uh, Padian from We Love You for Highway. 
she was everywhere. She was like a major supporter by marketing for all the small businesses um, through social media so that, you know, people to bring more traffic to businesses to support local businesses. So I really appreciate all the things that she did for um, the local community as well. Thank you for uplifting our uh, AAPI woman, Lily Papian, for her great work. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, because you've been there for 31 years, you know, having the business right. in, in the Durable area. So what development would you like to see in the Beaufort Highway area? And what do you believe the Beaufort Highway community should look like? Well, Beaufort Highway holds a very important part in my heart. You know, I was, I was born, um, even though I was born in Korea, uh, I feel like part of my childhood, my, like, college years, everything, I spent my uh, entire uh, time in Super Highway. It was more, uh, Yenji was more home of home than, you know, my actual home, because I spent there um, about more than 12 hours. And you cannot find any other places like Super Highway anywhere. You know, even people from all of town, if they want to try authentic culture food, they know, hey, Beaver Highway is the place to go. And it has, Beaver Highway has grown tremendously, especially this past couple of years. There are a couple of big developments happening on Beaver Highway right now, which will, you know, increase the land value, of course. But the question is, do we want to be another Brookhaven or have our own identity as how to keep continue the growth and development of Super Highway without losing its cultural aspects and pushing like the small mom and pop businesses out and overrun by major corporate companies. But at the same time, making it affordable for people to continue to stay on Super Highway. It's a definitely a tricky situation right now. So I, I, really, I guess, you know, we, we'll just have to wait and see how it turns out. I see. So we want to have that old mom and pops just staying in the area because they, they right. are the legacy. And because we've been mm-hmm. talking about the gentrification because the rent is not affordable anymore. They more right. likely pushed out to other city or just they just closed down because the, is the rent is not affordable. Especially these years, there's a supply chain collapse and then the inflation and food cost and everything. It's hard for small business owners. Exactly. Because, like, if we uh, become, like, I was using Brookhaven as an example, but we become another Brookhaven. I feel like we use this, uh, we lose this, that um, big, unique identity that we have as a beautiful highway. So, yeah. We should keep the legacy and the cultural mm-hmm. aspect of the of the area. Yes, definitely. Sure. And uh, before we closing, and before we see you again, and then anything would you like to say and to add what you've been talking to us? Yes, um, I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone for the love and support throughout the 31 years. I feel that um, I have grown with you all as you have grown with us. Like my dad also said, he doesn't matter how fancy you make the food. If no one wants to eat it, then the food itself loses its worth. We are so humbled that our food is super worthy. 
and stay tuned for updates when my brother opens a mini engine. And the amount of gratitude that we have for the community, for the customers who became our friends and like a family. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for for the legacy for the thirty one years. And then after you father passed away, you keep the business for uh, more uh, than four years, even during the pandemic. We really appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, uh, Ching, uh, thank you very much for joining us again. And take good care of your mom and your yourself and your whole your family. And yeah. we will see you, you again, yeah, after you take a good rest and recuperate. Yes, we, we, it will be a sequel. Mini and will be a sequel, but, you know, unlike a lot of movies, this sequel will be better than the original. So yeah. I know, I know. All right. Thank you very much again, and talk to you soon. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So we just had a conversation with uh, Ching Sha from Yanjing Chinese Restaurant. Uh, we really appreciate the legacy, and she shared her story and about the AAPI community in the area, like a small business community in the Beaufort Highway area. And we learned a lot, and then we want to keep this legacy and advancing it and moving forward with just just cultural heritage in the area. I think every ha- everybody has to come together and work hard to keep this area serve, uh, prosper, Paris, and uh, thrive. And this is w- Michelle Kang, the podcast host of Georgia Asian Times Korean Podcast. And we would like to subscribe my podcast by sending your first name, last name, phone number, and email address to georgiacoreanpodcast at gmail.com. And have a great summer, and see you guys next time. Thank you very much.